Hey, welcome to worship. We are so glad you're here this morning. Hopefully you got a worship guide when you came through the front door. It says, uh, stand firm in faith. And uh, hopefully you have one of these. If you don't have one of these, if you might have come through an, a side door and we miss you, if you need a worship guide, just raise your hand. I see one over there. Got a few hands. We'll get one to you. Just keep that hand raised. We'll get one to you as quickly as we can. Um, let me ask you, if you have that worship guide inside, now be careful, a couple of things might fall out on top of you. One of them is the message outline for the day. It's white. And then the other one is a little uh, yellow, green, greenish uh, type piece of paper. We'll come to that in just a minute. You can put that off to the side for just a minute. I just want to invite you, if you will, take your worship guide. And there's a little perforated section on the right edge. Can you tear that off for me? I'm going to just talk about that little uh, perforated section for a minute. Um, and the first thing I want to mention to you is notice the things that are happening for our student ministry. Daytona Beach trip coming up, Nicaragua trip coming up. But you'll also notice that um, we have a vacation Bible camp coming up. You see that on that sheet? Now, um, I, th I think we're going to put it up on the screen here. It's called uh, Everest, Conquering Challenges with God's Mighty Power. And we're going to be teaching our children about the power of God and God's power to help us conquer the challenges we face. It's going to be a great vacation Bible camp. But the thing I want to mention to you right now is sometimes, have you, if you're anything like me, sometimes you turn around and things slip up on you and you're like, wow, I can't believe it's already here. Our vacation Bible camp is about one month from right now. That's, we're going to turn around. It's going to feel like tomorrow, and our church is going to be filled with kids. Um, we're doing a five-day camp because we're really trying to reach out big time into this community. And so I'm, I'm telling you that for two reasons. First of all, I'm telling you that because we need servant volunteers. And uh, this is life-changing for kids. We don't know how many kids are going to sign up, but we need help. So if you can help be a guide, if you can help wherever needed, most importantly, if you can just fill out that little thing and drop that off in the offering plate at the end of the service today, you can help out and you can be a servant, okay? By the way, you don't have to be great with kids to be a servant. You just have to be a willing helper, okay? We need helpers. Now, that's the first thing. The second thing, reach over and grab that little yellowish-green sheet of paper. Whenever they put something in your worship guide like this, it's there for a reason. They have given you this because you can do one of two things with it. You can go home and put it on your fridge, and you can uh, maybe, maybe put a magnet on top of it, and every time you see it, you can start praying for Vacation Bible School. How, about, how, how cool would that be, right? But you can also maybe give it away. You can give this to maybe a next-door neighbor or some cousins or, or somebody else and say, hey, Vacation Bible Camp, put that on your calendar. Go ahead and put it on your calendar. It's one month from right now. We want you to be a part of our Vacation Bible Camp. So, hey, you can help us out by serving. You can help us out by praying. And you can help us out by inviting others for our Vacation Bible Camp. And then the second thing I want to mention is inside your worship guide. And this is actually next Sunday. Open up your worship guide in that top left hand dealio um, that you see up there. You, not your mama's, that should say yo. Not yo mama's nachos is what it should say. Nacho Mama's Nachos. Um, next Sunday, after worship, we're going to eat together. And um, we've only done that one, twice? I can't remember how many times. I think we've done it twice since we built this building. And we're going to be able to do it next weekend. So we hope that you will make plans to stay after worship next Sunday. We're going to have a nacho luncheon, all right? I wish I could tell you more about it. I don't know. It'll be good food, okay? But here's what you need to know. It's going to be good. Here's what you need to know. Every dollar you pay for a nacho is going to go straight into the fund to help our kids go to Daytona and to go on mission to Nicaragua, okay? Daytona in June, mission in, in, to Nicaragua in July. So hang out. Now, also, I would tell you as a pastor, this is beyond all the, all the student ministry stuff, I would tell you there's a cool thing about eating as the body of Christ together. You get to meet new friends. You just get good fellowship. So next Sunday, put that on your little, you know, tie a string around your finger. Next Sunday, 
we're going to have worship together and we're going to eat together afterwards and support our student ministry. Now, the other thing I wanted to uh, do this morning before we study God's Word, and, and by the way, now you can grab your message outline, you can grab your Bible or maybe your Apple uh, device or your Android device, you can grab whatever you got, and, and we're going to study God's Word in the next few minutes. I just wanted to invite the, uh, the Lord to speak over us this morning. Um, we're going to be studying strong life. Now, we've been in an eight-part series, okay, and we're nearing the finish line. This is part seven of eight different sermons I've, I've shared with you about how to be strong, strong in your character, strong in your faith, strong in your patience, strong in so many things. And today we're talking about being strong in our bodies. And I just wonder, I wonder if God wants to teach us something new today, or maybe God wants to change our mind about some things today. So would you just pray a prayer of invitation with me this morning? And let's pray that God would uh, speak his word over us and plant his seeds inside of us. So pray with me, if you will. God, we thank you so much for your word. Your word is life. Your word is truth. Your word has no, no depth we can plunder, no breadth that we can find the edge of. It's, it's everlasting and it's eternal. And this morning, we're going to read so many different scriptures about how, what you think about our bodies and why you gave us bodies. And, and Lord, I just pray that you would help us to have your mind. We are after your mind and your heart today. So Lord, I just pray you'd plant seeds of truth in us. Speak your word over us. Every one of us. Me too, God. Because we are all stewards of these bodies that you've given to us. Help us to have strong bodies and strong lives. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen? Can you say amen? Amen. All right, let's study God's word together this morning. Now, I'm going to begin with a question today. Um, and my question is, I wonder... If you really are, if you already know or, you, or you, you have an understanding of what the value is that God places on your body, have you ever really thought about it very much? What is the value God places on the human body? Now, together we're going to study that today, but I just kind of want to track with you for a minute without some scriptures up on the screen. I want you to think about how the body plays out in the big story of God. For example, Take, go back to me, with me, if you will, back to the creation story. You remember? Um, God, was, God was speaking things into existence, and then the Bible says God formed a human body from the dirt, the dust of the ground, right? And then you remember what he did. He breathed into it. But here's the part I want to remind you of. When God stepped back, he, he had said, this is good. Every time he made something, he said, this is good. But when he made the human body, he stood back and he said, this is very good good. You know, the human body is a sacred thing, and we're going to study that from Scripture this morning, but we find over and over again these moments where God tells us how much He values the human body. For example, when Jesus comes, He comes and He, has, he takes on the form of a human being in a human body. And the Bible says when Jesus took on the, the form of a servant in the human body, He dignified the human body by God living in a human body. So God actually cares a lot about our bodies. Um, the Bible says in the book of Psalms that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, some of you might not think that about yourself, but the Bible says that's us, right? We are fearfully and we are wonderfully made. So these bodies that God's given to us are actually a bigger deal than we realize most of the time. We normally just think this is our body, you know? This is our body, and we just, we, 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 we might even look at it. Sometimes we see ourselves in the mirror, and we're critical of it, you know? Or maybe we're thinking this and that. We, we forget sometimes that our bodies are a bigger deal to God than probably what we've really understood. 
For example, think about Jesus. When Jesus was on planet Earth, when he was ministering in a human body, oftentimes he was ministering to human bodies. He would see people with broken bodies because of the sinful world we live in, people that were lame, people that couldn't hear, people that couldn't see, people that had diseases of the flesh, and Jesus over and over again would heal them of their disease because he wanted their body to be well. Now, here's something to think about. I don't know if you've ever thought about this before. In Jesus' final moments in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's there, and the soldiers come in, and they're going to arrest Jesus, and they, they have no good intentions in that moment, right? Peter takes out a sword and lops off one of the soldiers' ears, ear cut off, right on the ground. And, it's, and Jesus gives us a lesson in this moment. Jesus reaches down, he grabs the ear, and he says to Peter, no. Basically, he says, no violence. What are you doing? No. And he takes the human ear, and he puts it back up on that guy's head, and he heals his ear in that moment. And I think he teaches us something about how much he cares about the human body. You know, in God's big commandments, back there in the Old Testament, a lot of God's commands, have you ever thought about the fact that a lot of those commands were given so that the human body would be protected? I mean, God did not want people to commit violence against one another's human bodies. He, he did not want uh, theft. He did not want rape. He did not want anything like that to be hurting other people. Now, oftentimes we don't really relate all that with this understanding of how much does God really value the human body? I want to share a scripture with you this morning. It's kind of going to become the kind of thesis of what we're going to study today. But it's found in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And it says simply this. I'm going to say, I shouldn't have said simply. It's actually very deep. Um, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? If you have your, your pen, you might want to underline temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? Can I just pause for a minute? I need to explain this because we're going to read some scriptures later on, and you're going, to, you're going to hear it, and you're going to be like, whoa, I can't even believe he wrote that down on a piece of paper. But you have to understand the context. Paul was writing to a church that he would planted in Corinth, and when he was writing, they kind of understood that their soul was different than anything else. Their soul was inside of them, and their soul really couldn't be hurt by things. I mean, before, people said you had to eat this, and you had to do that, and they had all these laws. And so what they started doing was they started eating anything they wanted, right? And they started doing anything they wanted because they thought that their body had no connection with their soul. And they were literally abusing their bodies, even sometimes being very sexually promiscuous with their bodies and thinking, it's got nothing to do with my soul. You know, my soul is different. My soul is other. It, my soul has, has nothing to do with my body. And what Paul is saying, that's why the question at the very beginning, he says, don't you, don't you realize? See, these people, they, had, they did not know how much God valued the human body. They had kind of, they didn't understand that. And Paul is saying, don't you know how much God values the human body? Don't you realize that your body is actually the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. Get your pen, underline that one. You do not belong to yourself. Now, last week I was teaching you about the firstborn, the first fruit, and the tithe, and how God said all three of those belong to me. The firstborn, the first fruit, he said, it is mine, the tithe. You know what else God said is not belong to us? It's his, our bodies. Now, this is interesting. 
Because oftentimes we think of our bodies as our bodies. We don't think of our bodies as God's body. But the Bible clearly says, you do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. Now, what's the high price? The death, the sacrifice of Jesus, right? So, and here's a big clincher here. So, you must honor God with your body. The people in Corinth were doing some things that weren't honoring God at all with their bodies, and he was trying to change them. He's trying to help them understand, no, you don't understand how much God values your body. You must honor God with your body. So today, I want to talk to you about honoring God with your body, and I'm going to talk about five uh, ways that we can honor God. There's probably a lot more I probably should have gotten a medical doctor to come up here and teach this to you, because my doctorate's certainly not in medicine. Um, but I, I want to talk to you about five ways that you can honor God with your body. Now, my hope is that one of these would jump off the page at you. But for some of us, <laughs> all five ought to jump off the page at us, because maybe we need to honor God more with our body. You got your pen? The first thing I want to invite you to write down is, number one, never harm your body. Now, if, if, this is, if this is God's temple, if the Holy Spirit dwells in this and that God gave this to me, the last thing I should do is some type of self-destructive behavior that would harm this body that God has given to me. Now, read this scripture with me. In uh, 1 Corinthians 6.15, do you not know that your, that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. And why would Paul even write such a thing? That sounds kind of out there, doesn't it? See, these people, these Corinthians, they were doing things with their bodies, literally with prostitutes, and thinking it had nothing to do with their soul. And Paul was saying, you don't understand. You are uniting your body with something that is destructive, something that is sinful, and something that is unrighteous. Don't do that with your body. And oftentimes I think what we forget is there are, there are harmful things that you can be doing that might be addictions. You know, might even not realize it's addiction. It might be something that you just crave. It might be something you do from time to time, and you don't realize what you are doing when you're harming your body. Now, here's a simple message. You might even want to write it out in the, in the margin of your outline today. The simple message for this point number one is if you are harming your body in any way, in any way, you need to stop that today. That needs to stop today. Stephen, what are you talking about? Well, if, if you ever cut your body, if you ever put poisons into your body, if you are over-medicating yourself with your body and you're doing harmful things to your body, if you are overstuffing yourself with food, you know what? That is harmful to your body. There are a lot of harmful things you can be doing to your body. Uh, little all kinds of addictions that you could look at and go, ah, it doesn't really matter. No, it does matter. And you're harming your body. I'll show you how much it matters towards the end of this message and how much it can steal your life away. There's so many risky things we do and we take harm to our body and we don't really understand. It's not our body. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. Every summer, I go off to the lake with, um, with my kids and we go off with uh, one of my best friends. And uh, we go up to Lake Hartwell where I learned how to, how to water ski. And when we go up there, one of the things that I love to do is I love for my kids to get around one of my best friends in the world because he has some life lessons that he taught me that kind of are deep, deep in my soul. And I'm trying to teach those to my kids, but I love it when they get to hear it from a different place. Well, there's lots of those. 
But I want to share with you one little small thing that is one of his life lessons that he taught me. One of the life lessons he taught me was whenever you borrow something from somebody, always return it better than you got it. That's a simple life lesson, isn't it? But I watched my best friend live this thing out time and time again. And when we go to the lake, every time we are done wearing that boat out, up and down that lake, you know, water in, water out, when we are done... My kids are going to work for an hour on that boat. They're going to get Clorox wipes. They're going to be Windexing the windows. They're going to be working on that boat. And what's interesting is I'm not the one who puts them to work. My best friend, not in a mean way, but in the, because they love him. They, they listen to him, not in, a, not in some laborious way. They love to do it because he has taught them, listen, we're going to give this boat back better than we borrowed it. See, one of the things I think um, that I've learned out of that, and I, to, I want you to think about this. When this life is over, when this life is over, you have been a steward or a manager of your body. And the question is, will you have the kind of pride? See, I, we have a lot of pride while we're cleaning up that boat. We wanna, we, we're, we're so excited. The guy who owns that boat, his name is John. We know when John shows up and finds that boat, he's going to be like, man, somebody cleaned up my boat better than I left it. There's kind of pride in that. I wonder when it comes to your body, if you have pride in how well you treat your body. and Because one day, guys, the Bible says we're going to give an account for everything God's put in our lives. And the question is, when you turn this body back in, will you have taken care of it or will you have abused it or harmed it? One more time. One more time. If you're harming your body in any way, number one, it's the number one thing I put on the list today. That needs to stop today because it's not your body. It's the Lord's temple. It's his body, and he bought it, the Bible says, with a very high price. Now, got your pen? Number two, write this one down. Be careful what I put into my body. Now, right next to that point, you might want to write uh, two words for me. All right, write these words. Fuel matters. Fuel matters. Now, you already probably know this, right? But these guys who race these huge cars, they, they don't have regular gasoline like you and I put in our cars. They have these specialized racing fuels because it gives them a competitive edge. Fuels matter. I remember when I was a little boy, my mama drove a beat, old up, uh, beat up Oldsmobile, and that thing would go to knocking sometimes. Y'all remember what I'm talking about? I don't, I don't hardly hear cars knock anymore. That thing would knock, 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 and she would, she would pull over and she'd get premium gasoline, and the premium, and like that, the knocking would stop. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't have a clue what that gasoline did to make the motor stop knocking. But here's what I do know. Fuel matters. And so if you put good fuel in your body, you're going to have high performance. But if you put, listen, bad fuel in your body, you're going to have bad performance. So what I'm encouraging you today to think about is what you're putting into your body. Are you putting into your body good stuff? And, you know, if you are, then you already know the benefits of the good stuff I'm talking about. You have, you have higher energy. You have, uh, oftentimes you start experiencing some weight loss, kind of like the, the bad part of our weight, that, that fat stuff starts going away because you're putting good stuff into your body. Now, I know some of you here today, you're probably going, but I don't like the taste of that good fuel, you know? And, and, and for us, if that's any of us in the room, then the key word for us is discipline, Right? None of us likes the good things that we sometimes are, are called to do, but we step up and we do those things, and we, we need to put good fuel in our bodies. A couple of stats real quickly. 70% of Americans are classified as obese. 
Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. If I line 10 harvest pointers up here this morning, according to the statistics, if I line 10 pointers up here this morning, seven of them, the, the, uh, the statistics say, seven of them would be overweight. Now, this is even more staggering. Over the last 20 years, childhood obesity has tripled over the last 20 years. Now, here's the travesty of that. Is that the kids' fault? Do the kids feed themselves? See, oftentimes, the kids are completely reliant upon what we as adults feed our children. And so whose fault is that, that childhood obesity has tripled in the last 20 years? It's not the kids' fault. It's the way we've understood how we're supposed to live. And we haven't understood well that our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not ours. It's God's, and that He paid for it with a high price. And we need to put good stuff into it. Do you remember the Daniel story? Remember, track back with me to the Old Testament. Remember the Daniel story? Daniel uh, was in a foreign land, and, and the, the, king had, the king had chosen him and some of his friends, and, and he said, give them the choicest of meat. They were going to educate these guys. They were going to put them in, in big-time service in the, in the kingdom. But the meat had been offered to idols, and Daniel didn't want to take part of that. He didn't want the wine. He didn't want the meat. And so Daniel pulls one of the servants aside, and he says, hey, hey, would you let us just eat vegetables, and would you let us drink water? And the servant says, no way, I'm not letting you do that, because if I let you do that and you come in looking all scrawny, it's going to be my head on the plate. And Daniel said, well, here's the deal. Let, me just, let us do it for 10 days. Let us do it for 10 days, and if after 10 days we've been eating veggies and water only, if after 10 days we don't look better than them, then we'll eat anything you tell us to eat. And you remember what happened, don't you? After 10 days, the guy came and he looked at Daniel and he said, my goodness, they look stronger, they look healthier, they look more alert. And from that moment on, it said, the servant didn't serve them the, the choicest foods from the king's table. The servant brought them the veggies and the water. Now, I want you to think about this. What would happen, Steve, your, your pastor this morning is talking about putting good stuff into your body, okay? What would happen if you took a 10-day challenge? What if for the next 10 days, you said, I'm going to drink water instead of Coke and Diet Coke and Sprite and coffee and all. Well, I'm going to drink water, and I'm going to eat vegetables, and I'm going to eat fruits. And you know what? You know, you've heard this, and I'm going to eat nuts, and I'm going to eat fibers, and I'm going to eat these good things, and I'm going to watch what happens in my body. I challenge you to do that. You know, basically, it's not very far from the Daniel fast that you've probably heard of before. What you're going to find, oftentimes, is you will have increased energy. You will have some good weight loss, not bad weight loss. You'll have some good weight loss. But more importantly, and this is what I've experienced, you get different feelings that affect your mind. You start feeling better about who you are and, and what you're doing. Even the fact that you're trying to honor God by what you eat starts to really get deeper in your understanding and kind of penetrating down your soul. And it gets you excited. You start thinking, if you can just do it for 10 days, all of a sudden you're going, man, there's something really good about this. Okay, God, show me the next step. Show me what you want to do to honor you even more. What's that second one? The second one is make sure, be very careful what you put into your body um, and, and that you're not putting the bad stuff. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 6, everything is permissible for me. By the way, the Corinthians were going around saying this all the time. That's why it's in quotes on your, on your page there. Everything is permissible for me. I live under grace. I don't live under the law. I can do anything now. Look what Paul says. He quotes them back to themselves. He says, everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. You might want to circle 
that word beneficial. He lays out two, two understandings. Okay, yeah, he's not arguing them with them. You live under grace. It's permissible for you to go do those things. But the question is, is it beneficial for you? Shall, it then says, everything is permissible, permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. We've got to be careful that we're doing the beneficial thing, putting beneficial stuff in our body. Catch your pen, write this down. Number three, bring God glory through exercise. Exercise. I want to talk to you about that for a minute. Now, what's interesting is I did not put a scripture under point number three, okay? And I think that's because in in the biblical times, they didn't have to exercise like we did. They live in an agrarian society most of the time, and they were working their tails off. And they didn't have LA Fitness and Gold, right? But they also weren't obese like we are, and they didn't eat like we have, and and they didn't even go to the, you know, there was no Kroger, there was no Publix. So life was a little different for them. How can I bring glory through exercise? Now, track with me here. Here's, here's what I want to challenge you to do, especially if you're not exercising in any way right now. I want to challenge you to try, to experiment, okay? To experiment with as many different options of exercise as are humanly possible, okay? I just want you to keep trying. I want you to keep trying lots of different things until one of those things you sort of enjoy, okay? You may never enjoy all of them, okay? But one of those things you go, well, I can handle this one, okay? So what are you talking about, Stephen? Okay, think about all the stuff that we have available to us in this world. I mean, you got yoga, you got racquetball, basketball, you can go running, you can go biking, you can go kayaking, you can take a Zumba class. You know, there's lots of stuff. My, my wife likes Pilates. I'm like, that was back in the 80s, babe. But she, you know, that's what she likes, you know? Find, we have so many options. Experiment with as many options as possible and find one that you can sort of stand because exercise is important to the human body. Now, here's something I've learned. Many of you know I've been, I've been hitting the gym pretty hard. Um, here's something I've learned. Whenever I am at the gym with somebody, now oftentimes I go by myself because I have a routine, but whenever I'm at the gym with somebody doing something with somebody, there's an actual added fellowship other than just the exercise and the recreation and the physical fitness, actually something's added into it that's called fellowship. And if you can add that into your exercise, let's just say it is a class or it is a walking thing that you do with another person, that's what you like to do. If you can find somebody to do it with, now you're in the bonus zone, okay? Because you're exercising and you're having fellowship with somebody else. One of the things that I love to do that I can hardly find, and I've already, I've already told you guys about this before, I see you smiling, Billy. I, I love racquetball. I love getting on that court with somebody. It's just fun. Billy would say, you don't look like you're having fun, but I am having fun out there when I'm playing racquetball. I may be, I may be very competitive, but I am really having a lot of fun. There's a lot of fellowship in the racquetball thing. So what am I saying? I'm saying exercise is important, and you can bring God glory by exercising your body, and you can actually have fellowship if you find somebody to partner up with that. Now, here's what I'm, I'm going to ask you to write in the margin, okay? Write this in the margin. Some exercise is better than no exercise, all right? Now, I have to remind myself of this. This past week, I'm preaching on the body, and I got to tell you, I was busy, busy, busy. Had a hard time getting to the gym, could not make it there nearly as much as I normally try to get in there and get out. I kind of felt bad about it, okay? And there's a side to me that kind of wanted to, on, on, on Thursday and Friday and Saturday, just say, well, just forget it. Just, I just won't do anything this week. I'll, I'll, I'll just look at it. I'll just try to do something next week. And maybe you're like that. Maybe if you don't 
get whatever you're hoping to do. Maybe you're traveling. Maybe you're going on vacation. Maybe you're, on a, maybe you're going to D.C. on work. Whatever it is, you think to yourself, well, I just can't do it. But the truth of the matter is, some exercise is better than no exercise. Even if you're doing push-ups on your, on your living room floor, even if you're, you know, curling books in your library, you know, if you're doing something, some exercise is better than no exercise. I don't want you living by Jackie Gleason's motto, okay? You ever heard what you quote, the quote from Jackie Gleason, right? Jackie Gleason said, every time I think about exercise, I sit down until that, that thought passes, okay? I don't want you to think that way. I want you to understand you can bring God glory through exercise. Number four, I'm going a little bit fast today. Number four, the fourth one I want you to write down is this. Make sure I am resting my body sufficiently. Oh, I'm going to step on some toes here, okay? Make sure I am resting my body sufficiently. Now, when we don't get sleep and when we don't take rest and when we don't take a sabbatical and a pause and a stop from all of our busyness, Bad things start to happen in our body because your body was meant to have a rhythm of rest. Now, let me just mention something to you real quickly. When, when you have chronic sleep deprivation, when you, when you don't sleep and it's night after night after night, bad things are going to happen in your mind and bad things are going to start happening in your body. Doctors say that several things happen when, when we deprive ourselves of sleep. You can get ulcers, you can start to age prematurely, you can start having migraine headaches, you can start having um, uh, uh, obesity, your body getting larger. They've even tied breast cancer to not sleeping well. So what, what are you saying, Stephen? It's important that you give your body rest. It's so important that God made it in the Big Ten, number four. Okay, read it with me. Number four says this. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. How about that? It's almost like God said, hmm, hmm. The firstborn is mine. The first fruits are mine. The tithe is mine. Your body's mine. Now how about this one? And the seventh day, that's mine. You get six days. The seventh day, that's mine. Now, what is God teaching us when he gives us his command? You remember what God did. He worked for six days, the Bible said, in creation, and then he rested. Did God need to rest? <laughs> no. He's showing us something. He's showing us something about his value to the human body that you might not have even known. He is saying there's a rhythm of work and a rhythm of rest. Work and rest. Work and rest. And we've got to understand this rhythm. So you need to make sure you are resting your body, that you're taking care to get the kind of rest you need for your body. Can I just tell you something real quickly? If you come in to me one day and you just, life's terrible, you know, and your life is falling down around your ankles and you're going, Pastor, I need help. Oftentimes, if I look into your eyes and I see something that looks like you haven't slept well, I'll oftentimes ask you, when's the last time you had a good night's rest? Because you know what I found out? If you hadn't slept for five days, almost every, everybody can start becoming an atheist. I mean, <laughs> life gets really rough when you hadn't slept, okay? Sleep, rest is important. And you need to make sure you're resting your body, that you're taking care of your body. Write this one down, number five. I'm going to run towards the finish line with you, okay? Number five, reduce destructive stress in your life. 
reduce, look at that adjective, destructive stress in your life. I was talking to a guy not long ago, and um, uh, he was living the dream. That's what he said. Those are his words. Now, for me, he wasn't living the dream at all the way, I, the way I kind of view life. But for him, he was living the dream. His business was going really well. He was making a lot of money. He wasn't spending a lot of time with his family, but, man, he was, he was on the go, and he was making a lot of money. But in the process, he started abusing his body. In the process, he started taking prescription drugs to help him so his body wouldn't hurt, you know, painkiller type things. He started taking those things. He started popping Advil and Tylenol like nobody's business, and he started drinking alcohol on a regular occasion. And I asked him about it, but to him, it was living the dream. Fast forward eight months. Eight months, his life that he was running so hard towards crumbles, and it's all down around his ankles. He's not living the dream anymore. He's living the nightmare because he doesn't understand what kind of stress he was putting his body under and he's putting his family under and he's putting on his life. Now, here's what I want you to get the picture of, guys. Listen, kind of metaphorically, your car, your body is like a car, okay? If you push and push and you push that car too hard, you can break that car, okay? You can break it. Just get behind the wheel and put your foot on the gas, leave it in park, and just start pushing and pushing and pushing. And you know what you'll find? You can break a car. And here's what I want to tell you is the truth of the gospel. You push your body too hard, you can break your body. I'm inviting you, I'm challenging you today to reduce destructive stress in your life. Listen, if... um, If your life is like a constant fire drill, I'm challenging you today to call time out and reassess your life and just go. Matter of fact, here's the the issue. Call time out while you can because otherwise you're going to be like my my friend who didn't call time out and he found his life. He found a broken life because he pushed things too hard. What you need to know is this. When it comes to the physical thing, who we are, are these bodies, nobody is invincible. God made our bodies And he wants us to honor our bodies. One last scripture for today. Romans 12. One of my favorite scriptures. The very first scripture I probably, no, the second scripture I ever memorized in my life. Romans 12, 1. The Bible says, I urge you, brothers. I I beg you, one version says. I, I, I get on my knees before you and I beg you to do this. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Stephen, what does that even mean? Let's come back to it in a minute. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. You know, most of the time when we are, when we're doing things, these things we've been talking about here today, we're harming our body, or maybe we are not eating and putting in the things we need to put in. We're putting in the bad stuff. Or maybe we're not resting our body, or maybe we're not exercising, or maybe we're just running through life at breakneck speed. When we're doing that, oftentimes we don't realize that this scripture is is pointing us towards understanding what our bodies were meant to do. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It was given to you to serve your spirit, and your body was given to you to be in ministry for the kingdom of God. 
It wasn't given to you so that you'd abuse it. It was given to you so that you would do stuff with it. Now think about how much we do with our bodies. You can't serve the poor without your body, can you? You, you can't go out and share your testimony with a friend over in the next cubicle who's going through a hard time if you don't have a body. You can't even take care of your family if you don't have a body. And so Paul says, listen, I urge you, I beg you that you would offer your body, this physical body, not yours anyway, it's God's. He bought it with a high price. Offer your body as a, as a living sacrifice. Stephen, you're talking about putting it up on the altar? on the altar of everyday life, as you live your life, what you do with your body, it says something about your worship, right? Remember what worship means. It's declaring worth. And so, with your body, Paul says, offer your bodies as a a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So tomorrow, as you journey through life, if you're able to do some of these things, but especially I would say also that last one, reducing destructive stress, you will be honoring God with your body in the way that you'll live. You'll be worshiping. Let me tell you how this came home to me recently. Many of you know that um, I have a son right now, and things are going pretty well for him in the football world. Um, He's a football player. He's a kicker. And Alex today is down in in Naples, Florida. Uh, He was invited to come down. He's only a sophomore in high school. Actually, moving to be a junior, but he's invited to come down and kick with a bunch of college kickers. And um, I never carry my phone with me on Sundays, but I brought my phone with me today because I just kind of wanted to, to help you understand what was going through my mind. When yesterday he texted me, and we had this little text thing back and forth, and, and I was so hoping that he would go down there and kick well, especially when he was kicking with a bunch of college guys. He said, um, about to go fishing soon, Dad kick great. If Alex says he kicked great, he kicked great. I said, awesome. Have fun. Take pics of your fishing trip because they were going deep sea fishing together. He said, okay. By the way, I kicked with a Florida kicker too and I beat him. I didn't even know the Florida kicker was supposed to be there. Then he said, and the Penn State kicker too. I beat him too. And the Eastern Missouri guy, I beat him. I wrote down, there are only 10 guys. They're from all over. I knew you could do it. He said, oh, it was hard. Everybody's good. I said, I didn't even know the Florida guy was supposed to be there. He said, he just called and he came. And I said, well, that's quite a day for you then. And I said, well, um, I said, how did Bondi do? Bondi is Nebraska's kicker. Nebraska's kicker is down there with him. He's a Big Ten champion. I said, how did Bondi do? Pretty, pretty, he kicked pretty well, right? I said, huh? And Alex wrote back, not as good as me. <laughs> he said, we kicked into the wind. I said, wow, I'm glad to hear that from you. He said, he and I both hit 60 into the wind, but he missed a 45, and I was perfect on the day. I said, accuracy must have been really good today. He said, yeah. But I got to go, Dad. Got to go fishing. I got that from my son who's on his first solo plane flight down there kicking with these all-college guys, and he's a sophomore in high school. And I wanted to tell everybody I knew. <laughs> I just want to tell everybody I knew. I got on the phone with my best friend who I was telling you we ski with, and, he, and he'd been praying because he knew Alex was down there kicking with all these guys. And 
I told him, and I got on the phone with Julie's dad, told Julie's dad, and I was standing out in my yard, uh, just excited. You know what it's like to be proud of your children, right? But you also don't want to be that crazy bragging daddy, right? And all of a sudden, <laughs> did my wife say that? <laughs> I think my wife just said too late. Um, I was standing right outside my garage, and this wave of emotion hit me. Because I realized that there's one person that I would love to be able to tell more than anybody else is my dad. My dad taught me the love of football. And it's been a joy teaching my kids the love of football. But my dad died when he was a sophomore, when I was a sophomore in college. He died very young. And my dad, he did about everything you could possibly do to harm your body. Most of the things on that page I just got you to write down, they were far away from my dad's life. Exercise, eating right, honoring your body, wasn't in his, wasn't in his vocab. And so my dad died. Lung cancer. Died. And I got to tell you, this wave of emotion standing outside my garage hit me because my wife and I um, and our family, we're in a pretty good season of life right now. And that's glory to God. Glory to God. My daughter's on tour in Italy today, uh, on a 10-day tour. She's singing. While we've been in worship today, she's singing. I didn't even notice such a thing. She's singing at the First Baptist Church in Rome, Italy. And at 4 o'clock today, she's singing at the Vatican. My son just, my, my middle child, my son just graduated high school. Alex is doing well. And I just thought to myself, I, I just wish I could tell this stuff to my dad. I wish that I could show my dad this church we built, guys. I wish I could introduce you guys to my dad. You've met my mom, but you, you never met my dad. I can't do it. And what I'm trying to tell you is this thing about honoring your body and having a strong body, yes, it's about honoring God, but it is more than just you. It's not just about you. It's more than individuals. It's about whole families. It's about your family. And what you do with your body in honoring your body could change your family tree. If my dad had done something different, it would have changed my family. And so I just want to challenge you. Um, every, every couple of weeks in this series, I've said something to you. I don't even know if you've caught it. And I've said this. Every significant growth or change in your life comes from making a, a decision. It doesn't happen by chance. It comes from you making a decision. So if you're going to be stronger, if you're going to be strong in your faith, if you're going to be strong in your character, if you're going to be strong in your patience, if you're going to be strong in your generosity and your giving, if you're going to be stronger in your body, it will not happen by accident, and it will not happen by chance. you got to make a decision, because every significant growth or change in your life comes from a decision that you have made. And you know, there's some preacher friends of mine who I know, and I could name them, who would look at me today and say, dude, why would you even preach on that? You're wasting your breath. Because people hear stuff about exercise and their body and eating right all, all the time, and they don't do it. But you know what I would say to them? I would say to them, you don't know Harvest Point. You don't know what happens when God's Word is preached to these people. They listen to God's Word and they take action. And I, I just want to challenge you guys to think about 
If you're harming your body, stop it today. Just stop it, whatever it is. I'm not doing that anymore. I will not harm my body anymore. And for you to say, I'm going to put good stuff in my body, and I'm going to exercise, and I'm going to rest my body. There's a rhythm to this work and this rest, and I'm going to stop some of the fire drill I've been on. I'm going to call time out. I'm going to find a way to reduce some destructive stress in my life. And now I want to quote, as I end today, a famous theologian, okay? Popeye the Sailor Man, all right? Um, y'all are, the kids, they're kids here, they don't even know who Popeye is, right? Popeye, you remember Popeye? Popeye was this, this cartoon that always had the same plot line. You know, somebody was doing something mean to him or his beautiful knockout bride, you know, uh, girlfriend, Olive Oil, right? Olive Oil, who was just, uh, just a beaut, right? And, um, but whenever something bad was happening to Popeye, you know, what would he always do? What would he do? He's going to eat his spinach, right? He's going to eat his spinach. And then all of a sudden, here's the funny thing. He gets strong, but only in his biceps. You know, he's only, only here. He gets strong, right? He gets strong. But did you catch what happened right before he ate the, the spinach almost every time? Almost every time he had a saying. And he said, a simple thing. He said, that's all I can stands. I can't stands no more. And then he'd grab the spinach, right? I even, it's so important to me today, I, I ask him to put it up on the screen like I put all the scriptures, okay? Put it up on the screen. And I'm going to get you with me today to say this full voice, and I want you to think about what change God would have for you to bring to your body so your body would be stronger, all right? And I want you to say in your soul, because you need a Popeye moment. Listen, earlier this year, I had a Popeye moment, and I said, for me, that's all I can stands. I can't stands no more. I said, I'm going to change some things about my body. Many of you in this room, you've seen that. I want you to have a Popeye moment. What do you need? What do you need to look at today and say, that's all I can stand. I can't stand some more. I change today. Hey, with full voice, would you say it with me? That's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. Hey, would you pray with me? God, we want to honor you with our bodies, and many times we just don't understand. We haven't understood how important our bodies are to you. But our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and our bodies are yours. You've just simply given to us them to us on loan for a little while. So, Lord, I pray you have whispered into the ear of every person in this place today about maybe a change they need to do to honor you better with their body. Lord, we want to have strong lives. And part of that is having strong bodies that bless us to do your work, your ministry in the world, but also bless us to live on and to tell your message, Lord, about what you're doing in our lives. And Lord, I pray for somebody especially. I forgot to say this earlier. I I, I pray for somebody here today who may have gotten a diagnosis and they're struggling in their body. It's all they can do to be at church today. Lord, we want to be mindful of them. We're praying your healing over them. We're praying your health over their body. Lord, we pray today that you would make their body strong, that you would give them strength, Lord, to endure any tests that's come their way. And Lord, I just pray that you would, you would let them know you're with them when their body is struggling right now. But Lord, for the rest of us, I pray that you would help us to have our Popeye moment today, that we would hear by the power of the Holy Spirit from deep down in our soul, that's all I can stand. I can't stand no more. And we're going to change some things about what we eat, about what we do with our bodies, about how much we rest. Lord, help us. Because by our strength, by our will, it'll last till Wednesday. But by your Holy Spirit, we can really get this deep in our soul. That you bought us with a high price. 
that these bodies are not ours, they're yours. Lord, I pray for every person in this room, when it's time for us to return them, like we return that boat, that we would be proud of the way we return our bodies back unto you. We say, Lord, we took care of our bodies. We understood how much they mattered to you. We took care of them, God. Help us to do this for you, Jesus. And Lord, in the next few minutes, as we give to your kingdom purposes in this church, and as we send money around the world, we pray that you would give, uh, that you would use every dollar given, that it would glorify and advance your kingdom. And Lord, I pray that you'd bless and rebuke the devourer, every, every person who, who gives in this place, Lord. And we give with cheerful hearts, not under compulsion, but as people who love to give because we've seen it. We've seen it in you. You're our Abba Daddy, and we follow you, God. Thank you for giving to us. So we give to your kingdom purpose, Lord. Take our gifts, multiply them in the name of Jesus. Amen.